Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do what we've done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize fans, uh, is only going to make us better moving forward. And that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing. And it was really cool, really cool to be a part of. And, and it was special. And like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I, I told the team in April, I said, expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. You know, I think that was this this year, obviously, was huge for, for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward. And, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and, and what we're going to do moving forward. And and that's the mindset and, the, and we won't settle for less than that and this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us so we'll be back this boy got a hit Ten Ten xl 92.5 fm presents jaguars today with your host mike dempsey tony smith and E to the T. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. Jaguars today off and rolling, and uh, rolling a lot more than the traffic heading north on I-95 <laughs> right now. Like, if you're stuck there right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Multiple 18-wheelers involved in mm. something, Tony, that had uh, – we had a new lane. It was the breakdown lane. It was mm. coned off, sending us to the breakdown lane. There oh, was not fun. Yeah, not much room left uh, out there. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, hey, in seven miles – both right lanes, the middle and right lane are closed. Yeah. So you know, and then you're like, all right, do I go middle lane? Do I like, <laughs> like, I, whatever one's flowing the most? And I, I went far left lane, and it turned out, I think, to be the right one mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, sometimes you're able to zoom past a lot of people in the middle lane, kind of cut in at the sure. last minute, but yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody cut in on me. Okay. I'll put it that way. <laughs> nobody really tried to, and uh, I would have let them. And uh, anyway, yeah, I, you're not kidding I feel anywhere. like I've been yeah. here for two minutes this yeah. morning, and it's because I have been yeah. uh, so far well, today. we're here now. We're here now, yeah. and we'll make the best of the next two hours. Uh, we'll visit with Hayes Carlin from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. He and uh, Frank Frangie and the crew, the Frangie Show, have been up there broadcasting for the last several days. So we'll get the latest from on the ground uh, with Hayes. Uh, you know, all the buzz about Jalen Carter up there. Turned himself in last night. And it was, what, like 16 minutes later, he had himself bailed out. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, uh, went in prepared to do it. Look, the bottom line in this, no matter how we feel about the Jalen Carter deal, I'm not going to slide that far. No. It, they're misdemeanors in the end. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure how, like, I feel like if I lied to the police multiple times, I might be charged at some point with obstructing an investigation. Something. Lying to a police yeah. Official, I don't know, yeah. but there's none of that in there. And he claimed he changed his story multiple times. Uh, he was a mile away when it happened, and then he was basically side by side racing with the guy. Although he claims that everything it's all false, I'm going to be completely exonerated. Hey, he gets his day in court, whatever. If it even gets to court, right? They're misdemeanors. Who sure. knows how that whole situation resolves itself? You know, I thought about doing the whole hey, if Jalen Carter took a tumble, I just don't <laughs> see it. That no. likely that he's going to, you know, even get into a range where the Jags would go, hmm, 
should we package a couple of things here and move up and, and make yeah. a play for him? It's not Leo Collins wanting to be questioned, involved with a murder. In a murder. Right. Right. Like, that was a different kind of deal. And then his agents were like, don't bother drafting him. Right. When it got to a certain point in the draft and it worked like the ploy. Right. That the which was so dumb. We worked. said at the time, yeah. Jags, take him in the seventh round. No one's going to fault you. If yeah. it turns out he's involved, you took the risk on a guy who was probably a top 40 player mm -hmm. the year he came out. But a couple of misdemeanors aren't going to send the guy who is being talked about as the potential number one pick in this draft down to 20. Now, you've got to wonder, though, that, you know, Todd McShay had talked about character concerns with Jalen Carter. I don't mm -hmm. know Jalen Carter, never met the man, never spoken to him, so I cannot tell you other than, you know, what you can glean from this story sure. that he left the scene of an accident in which one of his teammates and a member of the Georgia staff perished and there were two other people in the car yeah. and didn't return for a couple of hours. So, I mean, sure. that seems like a pretty big character issue. Here's the question. In now, if teams, they're already going to try and do their due diligence, right? But we saw with Laramie Tunsil, video comes out the night of the draft with him in a gas mask smoking pot, allegedly, mm -hmm. or whatever, <laughs> whatever was in was that in thing, there, yeah. whatever substance he was smoking in there. And <laughs> because teams weren't aware of it, I don't think they were sure how far down the rabbit hole this went. Yeah. And you saw him slide from being like a top three player that year. to I think he went maybe 13th to Miami, something like that. So he slid out of the top 10. And I think now maybe, maybe you thought you did your homework on Jalen Carter. And now maybe you go back in and, and maybe there are other issues, you know? Sure. And, and here's the one thing that where it may come into play for the Jags. And I know this is kind of, you know, really picking nits here, but nevertheless. Well, who they are, never do that in the draft. Well, I, I, I'm just looking at, like, you know, here we are. We're two months away, man. We can yeah. talk about the same thing. Hey, what uh, should we draft the tight end, the 24? <laughs> um, look, if – Chicago really feels like Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are the two best players. Yep. And maybe you're a little bit torn, but maybe you're like, you know what, I'm okay if I have to settle for one of them as long as I know I'm going to get one of those guys, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, and, and maybe they don't. Maybe they'll have a third or fourth player graded in that group, or maybe it'll be different. Maybe Will Anderson will clearly be the best option in their mind. But now, if they were that close, and you start to wonder, is there anything else – in Jalen Carter's background, like, I, I've got these two primo prospects. Okay, well, here's the problem. Indy's at pick four, and you're trying to play Houston and Indy off of each other, clearly, mm -hmm. right? Division rivals, Indy come up, jump ahead of Houston, get the number one pick, get the quarterback of your choice. That puts Chicago back at four, which then they're, it's out of their control. You know, it, Will Anderson can go to Arizona at three, and, you know, it may not matter. I don't know what Chicago's board is like. I'm just saying in the world where those were your top two players and they were so closely bunched that you would have been happy with either one in a scenario where you move back a few spots, maybe you're not so happy now. Or maybe you become less enchanted with that idea if you learn more about this circumstance. Could that be enough to make Chicago want to maybe only deal with Houston? You know, and only drop down to the number two pick to assure themselves of getting Will Anderson. That doesn't look again in the end. Somebody in the AFC South is likely to have their choice of any quarterback in the draft. Yep. Right. I mean, whether it's Houston or Indy, I doubt a team. I doubt. Not impossible that a team could jump both of them and trade up to the top. Uh, but I mean, that's the one small impact it might have. Uh, maybe making Chicago a little 
more reluctant to deal back out of a range where they can assure themselves of getting who they feel is the top player in the draft. Maybe, or maybe they're still completely confident that Jalen Carter should be that guy. So they feel like, you know what, we think he might slip to eight. You know, like that becomes the window for how far we can go down. Now at this point, that's that's gambling, right? Or, obviously. or, or right? Maybe you feel Jalen Carter. Maybe you feel like Will Anderson would have been the uh, consolation prize, sure. And that you're like, all right, if they want to, you know, if we move to four and they take uh, Will Anderson, maybe they'll be afraid of it, yeah. right? I'm just saying that's one scenario, though. Certainly, everyone we talk to about the draft, you know, the Tony Polings and those guys of the world for the next, you know, several months. One of the questions we're going to ask is, how far does he slide? Right, like how far realistically does he slide in the first round of the draft at this point? Is it from one to five? Is it from one to ten? Is it beyond that because of whatever's going on? And, you know, guys like Pauline and the news guys who are more plugged in on how the league is talking about these kind of things can give us an idea of what that may look like long before we get to the actual draft. Right now, the NFL world is still just reacting to a pretty wild story for a guy who is the number one pick potentially in the NFL draft to have a warrant put out for his arrest at the combine. Right. Right? Like, that's a crazy story, and I think we're all trying to catch up to what exactly that'll mean for the NFL draft. All right, so we'll touch on that a little bit with Hayes Carline, among other issues coming out of uh, the combine, including the moves the Jags have made in recent days to set themselves up for the start of the league year about two weeks away uh, from right now. Also, the NFLPA put out a report card where mm-hmm. they surveyed 1,300 players about the state of affairs with their various teams. The Jags fared very poorly in this. Now, are there reasons to believe that this is going to change with the new facilities that they're working on? Yes, but for right now, uh, the Jags not exactly shining in a lot of the categories that the players were asked for feedback on. So we'll get to that Coming up today, John Shipley did an excellent piece at the combine. I don't want to hear anybody, if you like Ship and you like this piece, then you can't go, oh, you know, I don't believe in anonymous sources. This is how journalism gets done. Mm -hmm. I'm not claiming to be a journalist, right? I'm not Mr. Anonymous Source Guy trying to build a story. Shipley is a journalist. He's out there, and he's talking to people off the record, so they will give him, or anonymously, so they will give him information without having to attach their name to it. Because you hear it all the time. Well, if you're not going to put your name on it, I'm not going to believe it. There are reasons why people would not give you yeah. the right to use their name. Yeah. You know, when when weighing in particular, you're weighing I mean, in you're, on another team in, in your conference. Your GM stood at the podium two days ago and said, I'm not going to get in, into any details of our board. You know I'm not. Right? Of when asked about, you know, how do they have it ranked around 24, he's like, I'm not I'm not getting into any of that. I'm not helping anybody else out, right? It's the same kind of idea. Why would – the only way to get this kind of information that Shipley got is, look, I'm not going to put your name on it, right? I'm right. not going to put your hear, name and I'm not going to hear gonna, Trent Baalke saying this. Trent right. Baalke may, to one of his media friends, uh, you know, comment on a player right. that he doesn't think – you know, like maybe the quarterbacks or something yeah. like this, but I'll doesn't want your, his name attached to I'll it. I'll put your kind of loose job title and which conference you're in, right? Like that kind of, which is basically what Chipley did. NFC scout says. Right, still get, there's plenty of scouts for every team and there's, right. you know, 16 teams it's in the conference. It's broad enough that it's not right. you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I thought he did a good job getting some uh, background info, thoughts on what the Jags have done, what they're doing and other issues. So we'll uh, get through that. Uh, a little bit today as well. Uh, we always invite you to be a part of the program at 
1010, uh, both on the phone lines and the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. And, of course, hit us up on Twitter today. Tony posted the poll. I reposted it. Uh, the Chad and Sandy real estate question today was your current satisfaction level with the job that the Jaguars GM Trent Balky is doing. A, you give him an A for Balky Masterclass. Give him a B because you think he's been really solid. C means he's adequate. And a D or an F means you want him gone and you're not happy. And I, I shouldn't even say it out loud, right? I'm just <laughs> curious how many votes we will get before we get the first D or F, mm -hmm. where if we ran this poll 14 months ago, would we? How how long would we have waited <sighs> to get anything above a C? Right, right. Probably about the uh, equal amount of time. So uh, over 120 votes in already, and uh, everything A, B, and C for Trent Balky. So hit us up on Twitter if you want to reply to that at 1010XL Fat Tony at MD underscore 1010XL, and of course at IME to the T. Come on, somebody. E. You gonna drink some wine tonight? Yeah, gonna eat some good food tonight. Yeah, yeah, that gonna is, do those things. That is on the agenda. Uh, gonna gonna raise awareness for the Tom Coughlin J Fund first tonight. First and foremost, yeah. and you know what? Yeah. All, all these wonderful things. My belly feels like it's first and foremost. That's only because I lead with it. Okay, <laughs> uh, but yes, the the actual uh, charitable endeavors of the J Fund are always uh, front and center. And a great event tonight. So if we see you over there, do say hello uh, to your boy and. His good friend Emmanuel Thaloran, please drop a come on. Don't be a, don't be afraid to drop come a come on, on somebody. Come on somebody. Right, right. The J Fund needs to recognize that. Come <laughs> on somebody is walking through the door. All right, so uh, we're off and rolling. We're about twenty five minutes away from Hayes Carline checking in. Is he still in Indy? Are they? How long are they staying in Indy? What's the situation? He. I'm pretty sure he's still in Indy. Indy. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know. I, I assume they're staying the rest of the week. You know, you're there. Uh, well. But you know, I don't know. I, I don't run this place, man. So I just show up, hopefully, uh, at least two minutes before we go on the air, thanks to the lovely traffic on I-95. Hope everybody's safe out there mm -hmm. on the roadways. We'll try to keep you entertained. Talking Jags and the rest of the NFL for the next two hours with Tony Smith and E.T. I'm Mike Dempsey. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, uh, it's fun to watch the major NFL information mouthpieces go to battle, right? There's a I mean, real synergy to it. They're, they're fed <laughs> a lot of this information. It's not like I don't believe Ian Rappaport is out there, you know, grinding, like calling up every single person. People call these guys. Right, mm -hmm. they want their story out. Uh, so maybe it's Jalen Carter's representatives, but regardless, uh, Ian Rappaport tweets out. Uh, do I have this backwards? Did 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 Schefter send it first? I think Schefter may have sent it first uh, at ten oh six. Yes, he did. She I'm sorry, I did backwards. I thought Rappaport beat him. Schefter tweets out these words: Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter is back at the Combine in Indianapolis to finish his interviews, measurements, and other activities per source. Oh. Seven minutes later, Rappaport moves the source to the beginning. Source, colon. Jalen Carter is back at the Combine to finish his interviews, measurements, and other activities. I mean, word for word. <laughs> the exact same thing. And I'm sure that's what they were told, but it's like mm -hmm. just copy and paste. Uh, that That's what it 
looks like anyway. But uh, regardless, he is back there. And so he's going to do his interviews. I doubt he's going to do the podium interview that he was scheduled to do yesterday, right? Probably not. He's going to do team interviews, measurements, and, quote, other activities. Not sure what that is because he's not working out, right? He's not doing any of the workout stuff, uh, I believe, uh, is the case. I saw on Pro Football Talk, yes, his agents announced he would not be working out. That was ahead of the warrant for his arrest on charges related to the car crash that killed uh, two people. And so here's my question. As PFT says, you know, the meetings with teams will likely include discussion of the charges that Carter faces, and those conversations will join the ongoing legal process in helping determine how much they impact the standing of a player who's been pegged as a likely top five pick this year. Will they include that? Or does this agent tell him, here's what you do. You go in there and say, guys, I appreciate the fact that everyone wants to talk about this, but on advice of counsel, it's an ongoing legal matter, and I can't have any comment on it right now. Yeah. We can talk about it once it's done. Right. Um, okay, we'll talk about that. Have you ever raced a car at high speed? <laughs> you know? I mean, honestly, um, if, if it, you know, I want to know. The answer, I would want to know. I'd want to be grind on this if I were an NFL team sure. meeting with him and I'm considering taking him because I mean this is a big decision you're making you're spending probably a top five pick or at least these guys in the top five are going to consider Jalen Carter uh but anything having to do with me driving a car I don't think I'm going to discuss with you right because mm-hmm. look there are already leaks from some of these things anyway you know what so-and-so did in an interview or you know what so-and-so was asked in an interview so all I need is for him to if I'm his lawyer uh, or representative in any fashion, have him admit to any kind of wrongdoing ever. Yeah, no. You know, there's a pattern of whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not, nope, I'm not giving you any ammo on that. Uh, and look, I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I want to know what happened, you know, like a lot of other people do. But at, at the same time, I respect, you know, he's got to try to protect his draft stock as much as possible. And in the end, look, He's only charged with two misdemeanors, and no matter how we feel about his behavior, the legal aspect of it, even if it, he was charged with something more serious, other than like getting sent to jail, and it doesn't look like he's in any jeopardy of anything approaching that. So I don't think they waited this long to put out misdemeanor charges only to upgrade them later unless something that they're unaware of comes out. Sure. So the NFL can't discipline him for anything that he did prior to him coming into the league. Although, you remember, they did. Who was the uh, Ohio State quarterback uh, whose name escapes me at the moment with the tattoo deal? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Who, Pryor? Yes, uh, Trell Pryor. They tried yeah. to make him a tight end, Yeah, I think, a little bit with the Raiders. Didn't yeah. he, didn't the NFL, did the NFL suspend him for, like, improperly getting tattoos while at Ohio State? There's a big Might hubbub. Have, yeah. I think there was, and it was like, I think it was one of those deals that he chose not to fight it, maybe, to not rock the boat, or I'm not, I'm a little fuzzy on the details on that one right now, as people would say I am in a lot of cases. <laughs> All right, well, we'll shelve that for a moment. Let me go through some of the highlights of this John Shipley piece. Excellent job at SI.com uh, for their Jaguar report. Or, um, yeah, Jaguar Report Group over at SI.com um, asking a bunch of anonymous people around the National Football League their thoughts on various Jaguar-related matters. Uh, how has Trent Balky's reputation changed in a year? 
One NFC scout said, did any GM do more for his rep this year than Trent? He's always been a good evaluator. He doesn't try to reinvent the wheel. He works as hard as any other GM in the league. He's got a, he got a bad rap for what seemed like no reason. Hopefully now he gets the respect he deserves. That's This is an, you know, who knows? Maybe this is an NFC scout who worked with Bulky before, for all mm-hmm. we know. But remember, last year we were always talking about, well, in, in all this, the one thing that was intriguing, there was so much anti-Bulky sentiment that you just didn't have a lot of pushback on the other side. Where were his friends in the league kind of stepping up saying, no, that's not the case. There was not very much of that. Um, the scout went on to say they've had two good drafts in a row. Trent has done as good of a job drafting as any GM in the AFC South, which, okay, I'd like him to say as any GM in football, but like, I I still, I'm not quite sure what the whole, like, what, what was the, the main focal point of all the bulky hatred, just the fact that they were losing and they needed a, another scapegoat or that he didn't get a reputation for not always getting along with people in yeah. San Francisco or I what? I think overriding it was just the desire for everything to be cleaned out, right? Like I, think, I guess. I think that was really the kind of lead on it, and you made your reasons for that based on whatever my reasons are, the end game is he's gone. But it became way over the top. Oh, it, it became, did. Instead of just, like, I, we were saying, hey, fresh start, I'd clean him out too. Yeah. But it wasn't like this. Oh, the guy's a complete clown show, and uh, you know, I I don't know. But hey, look, everyone, there. I'm sure there are a lot of different reasons. There's not just one reason why people felt that way. But nevertheless, uh, that was just the thoughts of an NFC scout on Trent Baalke. Mm-hmm. Um, who do people think the Jaguars will target at 24? An AFC scout said, "Defense, defense, defense. That team has always loved taking defenders in the first round." Okay, but always loved. Like, didn't they just draft Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne in the first round two years ago? You know, Trent Baalke has only been the GM making the decisions for a couple of years. So I'm not sure how that team has always loved taking defenders in the first round, how much that holds up, you know, because you're talking about different general managers over the course of time. But regardless, they took two last year when we thought they would focus on the offense for their young quarterback. I bet they take a defensive back. After their pass coverage issues last year, we'll expect them to do that at least. I don't disagree with that, right? Mm-hmm. But it sounds like a guy who's like, oh, well, we were wrong about what we thought they were going to do. So defense is the way they go. I don't know. I mean, look, they went out last year, and we all know the moves they made on offense heading into the draft. Brandon Sheriff on the offensive line, uh, re-up with Cam Robinson, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones. And, yeah, we had a lot of question marks about Zay Jones in particular no doubt. last year. But it wasn't like they didn't address mm-hmm. offense. Uh, which defensive back makes sense? The Texas A&M safety, Antonio Johnson, seems like their type of guy. He is physical. He is as physical as anyone else in the draft. Not sure where he would play for them, but he's tough as nails. I bet they'll probably be high on Keely Ringo and Joey Porter's son, as well, uh, Joey Porter Jr. up in Penn State. Another scout said he believes the Jaguars could surprise people and still go offense, however. Uh, wouldn't Doug want another tight end? They have nobody outside of Ingram. An NFC scout said Doug loved using two tight ends in Philly. Trust me, he killed us with it. I think he could see someone like Mayer or the Georgia tight end Darnell Washington fall and take them because they can block and complement who they already have. We need a tight end. We have them circled as a team who we would be competing with uh, for players, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, again, this is an NFC scout, not necessarily 
you know, uh, any one you're thinking of immediately, but maybe someone drafting somewhere in a similar range as the Jags who's looking to add a tight end to the roster and thinks that that's a likely position. You and sure. I talked about it a million times as recently as yesterday, Tony. Just, you know, you had to look at the circumstances. That Philly team had no 900-yard receiver, never mind a 1,000-yard receiver, right? Uh, they had one receiver over like 427 yards coming out of 2017. Uh, any... Uh, other that's at wide receiver they had Zach Ertz at the top of the death chart at tight end and Dallas Goddard presented himself as what they felt was the best value and that's the way they went and they ran a two tight end offense I don't know if Doug Peterson has Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley let's presume Ridley's reinstated those level players heading into the draft in 2018 do they make that a tight end centric offense you know it's impossible to know yeah, and I think it depends on the type of tight end as we've discussed. Uh, I think there's the possibility with a guy like Mayer, especially, that you could see the role that they would have for him in the offense, mm -hmm. especially in two tight end sets because he could take all those reps, right? He could take all of them because he can stay on the field as a blocker anytime that you want him to. Sure. And you can keep Ingram on the field at the same time. I don't think a lot of the tight ends in the draft are necessarily that. Right, like the Kincaids and those types of guys, I don't think fit where the Jags are drafting at 24 as well as a guy like Mayer might. And I think there's the chance that the Jags get on the clock at 24 and Mayer's the highest drafted player they have on their board. Like I think that's a realistic possibility that that could happen. I don't know that I feel that way about another tight end in this draft necessarily, but I think with him specifically – I can see the fit because he can play all your two tight end snaps, and he's a, he's at least a threat as a receiver, which they didn't have when they put two tight ends with one of them lining up on the end of the line last Look, year. I, I'm not – don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they couldn't draft the tight end there, right? I'm open sure. To, there are a lot of things they could do. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what their plan is. But just if your argument is Doug used two tight end offense in Philly, yes, he did. Mm -hmm. But you got to look at the circumstances of why they There's went that direction, that, yeah. right? It's not like – we got to go out there and build this tight end room up until it's ridiculous, and this is going to be our, our focal point. By the way, Doug Peterson also saying this week, feels like the Jags right now are further along heading into his second year here than Philadelphia was heading into their second year under Doug Peterson, which, of course, was the year they won the Super Bowl, right? Which, of course, when their young, highly drafted quarterback played like an MVP mm -hmm. and then got hurt. Yeah. So that means C.J. Beathard will have a statue outside TIAA <laughs> Bank Field. Dial it up by the start of the 2024 season. All right. Uh, so um, also, I got a lot of other things I want to get to. Just thinking about yesterday, you know, we're talking about the pride of the Jags, right? Tom Coughlin. You know, we were talking more about the players aspect of it, right? And mm -hmm. we got went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Obviously, Tom Coughlin, next deserving guy to go. Maybe more deserving than, you know, maybe – should have already been in there, right? Mm -hmm. But in the comparison between Wayne Weaver and Shad Khan, you know, and it was like in defense of Wayne Weaver, I didn't want to make it, you know, the record is what the record is. Mm -hmm. Wayne Weaver, in his tenure as the owner, the team had a winning record overall. Shad Khan, they're woefully below 500, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't think he, you know, I want to make it clear. Because people have been calling us for years. Shad Khan doesn't care about winning. He doesn't want to win. Doesn't care about winning. He wants to move this team to London. He wants to, and I've, we've always been steadfastly like, nope, 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 nope. Don't believe that. Just don't believe it. If I didn't believe Shad Khan wanted to win, I don't know how I could do this job, quite frankly. So 
the effort has been there. The execution has been terrible with his hiring mm-hmm. decisions for the most part. Now we think he's got it right. Look, I hope Shad Khan rips off enough seasons as the owner of this football team to, to match what Wayne Weaver did record-wise because that would be phenomenal uh, for this fan base, for this organization. And in the end, it'll be a great debate one day. Here's Wayne Weaver's record. He is the guy that brought the team to Jacksonville. Shad Khan, in his tenure, the Jags won a Super Bowl or more than one. Right. Yeah. Now you can have a real fun debate. No but, doubt, uh, yeah. you know, so let's get to that point uh, is kind of the point, and uh, that's where we're all pulling. More from John Shipley's uh, column at Jaguar Report a little bit later on. We'll welcome in our own embedded Jaguar reporter, the Hammer, Hayes Carlion, coming up next as we talk Combine and your Jacksonville Jaguars right here on Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All Jags, all NFL, Jaguars today on 1010XL. Oh, yeah. Hammer time. Love it. Hayes Carline, doing a great job with the franchise show out in Indianapolis, bringing us coverage of the NFL Scouting Combine live from Indianapolis this week. And he joins us here on Jaguars today. Hammer time. What's up, Hayes Carline? Gentlemen, how are we this morning? Excellent. We're doing very well. Um, Good. I, I turned myself into authorities, but Tony bailed me out <laughs> within the half hour. So and we uh, have commenced our football activities. Yes. Isn't that nice? Yes. And now the I'm legal do- process is always such a fast-moving machine. I, I will not be working out today, Hayes, but I am conducting the interview portion of my program now with you. So that works out great <laughs> uh, for us. L- let's just start there because that's a big story at the combine. Um, look. When the dust settles, no matter how we feel about what Jalen Carter did, he got charged with two misdemeanors, Hayes. I don't think this is going to drastically cause him to tumble down the board unless more things come out now that teams dig into him deeper uh, that kind of put a bigger package of character issues together. I don't think this, as, as egregious as this may have been, leaving the scene of an accident where people died, the legal ramifications are such that I don't see a Jalen Carter tumble like outside the top ten. How about you? I, I don't either. I think the way you phrased it is perfect. Unless there's a package of uh, of transgressions here, uh, I think if this is it, not that it isn't serious, it is. It's concerning, but I don't think unless either this case gets more uh, legally serious uh, for Carter, or unless something else arises, I think he's still a top five pick. Hey, you've been going to the Combine for several years now. There's been breaking news while you've been there before, but I don't think it's ever been at this kind of level. What was the reaction like up there in Indianapolis as the Jalen Carter news was happening? It was really bizarre because everything just came to a halt. You know, we Jalen Carter was supposed to speak at 1030, and the news broke about 950. So the 10 a.m. group of defensive linemen and linebackers all of a sudden – they just weren't there, and uh, the league was obviously briefing them on what had happened with Carter and, and, and basically saying, look, you guys don't have to talk about this, but you probably are going to be asked about it. So we just wanted you to be aware of it. So there was about a 30-minute a delay where you know, all of a sudden there were, there were no prospects coming out, and then everything resumed, and obviously Carter didn't, uh, you know, didn't meet with reporters. So... Uh, yeah, it was it was bizarre uh, for sure the timing of it, 
um, and, and certainly one of the, the more peculiar things that we've seen here in Indianapolis. All right, well, that won't have a direct effect, I don't believe, on what the Jaguars uh, do here in the draft unless, as we said, something more uh, comes out down the line, Hayes. So let's shift to Jaguar-related stuff here. And Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson both speaking this week. I know uh, you guys had them on the Frangie show in addition to all the press conference audio that they provided for us here today. We're asking people today about their job satisfaction with, in regards to Trent Baalke, like what kind of job he's done. You know 14 months ago, Hayes, uh, how this poll would have gone, right? I mean, you would have been – maybe you got a few Cs in there. Everything would have been Ds and Fs uh, for the most part. Um, how did how did you feel about Balky 14 months ago, would you say, and how do you feel about him now? I would have fired him. Um, you know, I, I think the organization needed a, a fresh start at the time. Um, and, and obviously, as of now, that would have been a mistake, you know, but – but I think he's he's done a, a very good job of setting the ship and, and bringing talent in. And, you know, I, I think I give Doug Peterson the lion's share of the credit for the turnaround. But obviously, Trent Baalke does deserve, uh, you know, his share of praise as well. I, I still worry about, you know, things that have happened in the past with relationships souring and credit, you know, being, you know, needed to be sent to the right place. And, you know, you just look at, Trent Baalke's history and hopefully he's learned his lessons and, and hopefully this will be very harmonious and and you know maybe it wasn't all Trent Baalke and uh, his previous stops uh, you know and Doug Peterson certainly seems like a very easy to get along with person so hopefully it'll be very harmonious but I do think that you know that is always going to be a concern uh, because it's been an issue in, in Trent Baalke's past but the good news now is I think Doug Peterson has established himself that even if Trent Baalke was dumb enough to engage in a power struggle with Doug Peterson, I don't think he'd win it. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think those concerns will always somewhat have to be there. But uh, but he's done a in this last year, he's done a remarkable job of turning around his reputation. And look, the Jaguars are in a, a great position. I, I don't give him any credit for the restructuring. I give all that credit to Shad Khan for you know being willing to spend the the millions it takes to do this in a time where NFL owners aren't usually writing huge checks to to players on their on their current team, um, you know. But I but I like the fact I like the direction of the club and certainly I uh, you know firing Trent Baalke a year ago would have ultimately been a mistake. Hayes, do you believe the Jags get a deal done with Evan Ingram before the deadline for applying the franchise tag next week? I think they will. Uh, I don't think the Jaguars will end up having to use the tag on. Uh, I, I just don't think they'll employ it with anybody. So I'll say they get a, a deal done with Evan Ingram prior. But really, it's become a, an issue of they're not going to tag Juwan Taylor, and they're obviously not going to tag Arden Key. So the, the tag really has become, I think it's lost a little bit of its mystery because even if they tag Evan Ingram, I do think ultimately at the latest, you know, June or July, they'll get a deal done with Evan Ingram. So, um, you know, I, I still remain hopeful that of those big three, two of them will be Jaguars. But, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. We're about, obviously, a week away from some big decisions having to be made. Yeah, uh, less than, right, like five days away, right? So, you know, do you think with Trent Baalke saying early this week, Hayes, that, yes, we would at least consider using the franchise tag on Jawan Taylor. Do you think the ideal scenario for them 
is to close with Evan Ingram in the next couple of days and at least give Taylor a thought in his mind that, man, maybe the whatever the best offer on the table does look pretty good because they may be forced to, to lock me into a one-year deal. Do you think Taylor's camp would buy the fact that they might potentially use that? Or uh, I think he's represented by Drew Rosenhaus, right? Or is he going to just say, all right, go ahead, we dare you because we're going to see what's out there in free agency? Yeah, I would think either way, Juwan Taylor is is fine. Now, you you would rather get the the huge extension, whether that's with the Jaguars or hit the market and get the huge deal. But if he is franchise tagged, I would race to sign that uh, because it locks in the eighteen million dollar salary, which uh, is is going to be above, I think, the average of of any contract that he signs. So I think Juwan Taylor is in a win win. I you know I, I don't think he can lose uh, whatever his financial situation ends up being in 2023, it's going to be a very advantageous one. Hey, you've had a few days up there in Indianapolis now, so what are the Jags going to do at 24? You ought to have an answer by now. Yeah, I think it's going to be Nolan Smith. I I, I think if he's there, I think he fits exactly what they need. Uh, he's a great player. Uh, he's an unbelievable person. Uh, he'd be a great addition. And until you can affect the quarterback on a consistent basis, I think you have to keep investing in it. And I, you know, I still have confidence in Trayvon Walker. It, it doesn't have anything to do with that. You know, I, I like Josh Allen, although I think his future in Jacksonville is somewhat uncertain as he's getting ready to play on the fifth year option of his rookie deal. Uh, so I think you have to continue to invest in that. You, you've got the quarterback, so you don't, you don't have to worry about that. So put as much investment into getting after the other team's quarterback as needed. And if Nolan Smith is there at 24, uh, that's the direction I would be going. See, I think Tony was being a little bit facetious asking <laughs> you for a specific name, but Hayes came prepared. He's like, he oh, did, no. Yeah. And I've been reading Hayes' Twitter. He just calling him future Jaguar Nolan Smith. So uh, we all know where uh, you're going with that uh, as far as that goes, uh, Hayes. Uh, the, the team has cleared a lot of salary cap space with um, contract extensions or restructurings. And – so part of that formula, Hayes, we don't know exactly where they stand right now, right? Because we haven't seen all the details of all these contracts, but they know where they stand right now. So I would presume if they're talking about still trying to get something done before free agency opens up, they've got a plan to have the space to accommodate Evan Ingram, Juwan Taylor, and Arden Key at their number, whatever that number is, right? So let's say they get it done with Ingram and they get it done with Key, but they don't get it done with Taylor. Could we then see maybe, even though they've, they've been preparing us that they're not going to be active in free agency, what do they do with that cap space if it turns out that they have put it aside just in case they can get it done with Taylor and he goes and signs with the Chicago Bears, for instance? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great question because I think they're going to spend to it. Look, I mean, let's just call this what it is. This is their best chance to win a Super Bowl uh, over the next probably 10 years. And the reason I say that is, Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to get better. This will not be the best year Trevor Lawrence has, but it is the last year that he's probably going to be economical. And the amount of solid to good talent that this team has, they're never going to have this again. You're never going to have a year in which you've got players like Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Aluakon, Ridley, Tyson Campbell, Josh Allen, ETN, Ingram, Cam Robinson, Sheriff, Zay Jones, Trayvon Walker, Fortner, Key, Lloyd, Robertson Harris, Rayshon Jenkins, Cook, Agnew, Cisco, Hamilton, Fadakasi, Darius Williams, Walker Little. This team is stacked in terms of competent football players. So I think they are. If, if they can't get the deals done, if they can't get Taylor in, 
that money is absolutely going to get allocated somewhere else uh, in free agency. It may not be a huge name. Maybe it's maybe it's two players that are more B level. But this is the year. Uh, this is absolutely the year because there's not going to be any team. There'll be teams that have more superstars, probably. I mean, and some of the players I mentioned could rise to that level. You know, but if you've got like eight or nine really good players on an NFL team, you've got a pretty good roster. This team literally might have 24 players that you can count on, and that's before you bring in their draft class. This is the year, and they'll spend to that. Okay, if that is the case, then why wouldn't we consider them saying, you know what, this is the year for all the reasons you just laid out, maybe the best chance we have, let's pay that $18 million to Juwan Taylor. He'll walk next year, get his big deal elsewhere, and let's bring the whole band back together. Like, if that's what your mindset is, and I'm not saying you're wrong, why might not they have that mindset to say, you know what? I know this is a lot of money. It's an overpay, but this is the window, and let's bring everything to the fore that we possibly can to maximize our chances this year. I just don't think that they view him as it's that high level of a player to pay him $18 million. I, I think they'd like to have him, but I think they, I think if, if he ends up going elsewhere and they can't get a deal done, then they will allocate it elsewhere. They. The, the reason is they have an in-house option, which you sh- normally you would not have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think because of that, they'll, uh, they'll devote it elsewhere, you know, or maybe they invest a, a third, fourth round pick and a, and a tackle, um, you know, to try and, and, and build back their depth there. But uh, I, I would have no problem with it because I, I do think that if you want to go all in, then by all means do that. I just don't think they will. Hayes, what, in your opinion, should be taken away from the NFLPA report that came out yesterday? Nothing. I mean, that I, I, I would put no, no stock in that. First off, they're getting ready to open a facility in mm-hmm. June that's going to completely address a lot of these issues anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if they weren't building the Miller uh, Performance Center, then, you know, maybe it would give you cause for concern. But, I mean, didn't pretty much every team kind of get bashed? I mean, it, it, it seemed like – I didn't go through the whole thing, but it seemed like most teams got pretty bad marks. And, uh, and certainly there were concerning things in there, but I think the fact that they're getting ready to open uh, a brand-new facility alleviates a lot of that. I, I don't think the Jaguars have to worry about losing players because of this report. Uh, Hayes, what's uh, on the docket for the Frangie show for the next few days? Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're, uh, we've got a lot of great stuff uh, coming up today. Um, I had a chance to talk to Matthew Berry about the Jaguars and, and all the, uh, the fantasy ins and outs uh, of the Jaguars for the coming season. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, Frank participated in a roundtable with all the uh, AFC South play-by-play guys, so that'll certainly be a fun listen. And uh, we're just uh, checking out all the defensive backs. We're in a little bit of a break now. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with uh, Jamie Robinson, the talented Florida State safety, very versatile player, uh, as well as Florida safety Rashad Torrance. Um, so that's fun, and we're getting ready in about right as right as actually as I get off the phone with you guys, uh, we've got Joey Porter Jr. coming, Brian Branch coming. So uh, again, con- contenders for that 24th pick, uh, getting ready to meet with the media. So that'll be our focus over this next uh, hour or so. Excellent. Both contenders to be long gone by the 24th pick as well. And you're not wrong, <laughs> though. They are, like, you see mocks where they fall there. So uh, going to be interesting to see who is actually available and, 
it's a much better position to be in than knowing we only have to sort through two or three <laughs> draft prospects because we have such a high pick. Uh, the Hammer Hayes Carline, our first round pick uh, as our Jaguars embedded reporter for 1010XL. You can find Hayes at his name on Twitter, C-A-R-L-Y-O-N, and catch him on the Frangie Show this and every weekday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Hayes, all the best. Uh, have a great rest of your week, and uh, thanks for hopping on today. Sure thing. Thanks so much for having me. Take you care. got it, buddy. All right, uh, go talk to some <laughs> intriguing defensive backs uh, that may end up here in Jacksonville if things play out correctly. All right, halfway home. You want to get in? 641-1010. We'll look at that NFLPA report card on the Jags. Wasn't good at all, but as Hayes said, there are some reasons not to be too concerned about it. We'll get into that in hour two. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. You've got the quarterback, so you don't you don't have to worry about that. So put as much investment into getting after the other team's quarterback as needed. And if Nolan Smith is there at 24, uh, that's the direction I would be going. Hayes planting the flag on Nolan Smith it has been for a few days, uh, by the way, out there. So uh, you heard it here first. If, in fact, Nolan Smith becomes a Jacksonville Jaguar, Hayes had it all pegged. Um I wonder, I don't see him in the first round in too many mocks. That doesn't mean he won't end up there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mocks are, they're fodder, all right? They're hypothetical looks at one person's point of view about what teams might do, and we all know one or two picks going off the rails early throws everything kind of out the window. No doubt, yeah. But, you know, what are we going to, we're not going to sit here and let's recap week five of the <laughs> 2022 season. Tony, remember how uh, yeah. glorious that was, another Single score loss for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. No, we're gonna we're gonna try to speculate and look ahead. Yeah, uh, I remember the year I got to go to the combine was Miles Jack was a second round pick for the Jags that year, mm-hmm. and I remember being up there and you know bugging everyone I could about what's the medical eval, like all those kind of things. Now it's like what what's everyone saying about Miles? What are they saying? Because I I thought, look, I would have taken him in the first round. Would have been right, fine right, with right. It, right? You know, at that point, and I was showing people, like, highlight videos. I was like, look at this guy. Like, kind of what Hayes is doing with his guy now. You know, it's, I got my guy. Now we just go through the next couple of months to see if that, if anything changes my mind, you know, going through the process. But it's such a crazy thing. Yeah. Miles Jack has never had issues. No. Right? I mean, uh, it's going to be this degenerative situation. Didn't Wasn't he the one who brought up the term microfracture? And he did it like, I, I, I want to say he was the guy that put that out there. Mm-hmm. But he was being talked about as a top five overall pick. Yep. And everybody was on board with that pick in the second round. Oh, yeah, we'll take a chance on that. Miles Jack, very solid player. I was high-fiving neighbors as I was going out Look, to dinner. After as they a made second that round pick, pick, Miles Jack was well worth the yeah. investment that they made. They got enough out of him. Of course, uh, I was Jalen Ramsey in the first round. Yes, it was. Uh, which, uh, what a beautiful little segue this is. Let's, we just finish up a few items mm-hmm. uh, from John Chipley's piece in uh, Jaguar Report, for Jaguar Report of SI.com fame, uh, where he talked to a lot of anonymous folks around the National Football League, and he tells you you know, what they were, uh, scouts, front office people, what have you, uh, coaches, and the next question on the the list that we ran out of time before we spoke with Hayes was, 
could Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars actually reunite? And it was so pleasing to see <laughs> um, these answers. An AFC scout told uh, Ship two words, hell no. I bet the cons wouldn't allow him back in the building after what he did. He probably regrets leaving Jacksonville by now, even though he got paid and a ring. I'm going to say no. Jalen wanted to get paid. I think the ring was secondary, but he got them both. I don't think Jalen regrets anything that he did, Mm -hmm. personally. I mean, would he like to come back now because he wants to jump off the sinking ship? Um, Sure. Why not? Perhaps. You know, he'd like to go to any contender who would be willing to retool his contract and give him more money. I think that'll be part of the equation. But, you know, all the time, every time it gets brought up, you know, we're not pushing the Jalen narrative, but there are natural times when, when Jalen Ramsey's on the trading block and it's speculated, would you bring him back? Would you not? That's a natural sports talk discussion no doubt. here yeah. in Jacksonville, right? And I get a lot, of, oh, you're you're sowing your feelings. You know, grow up about Jalen. Look, here's a an ASC scout who obviously doesn't scout for the Jags, one of the other 15 teams, describing it as after what he did, they wouldn't let him back in the building. Is this guy too emotional about mm-hmm. the situation? Like, all right, so an NFC defensive coach answers, why would they want him back? They're doing fine on their own. They have a good corner already in Tyson Campbell. I just don't see it. It'd be one of the most shocking trades of my NFL career, really. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, that's that. What does the league think about Jawan Taylor? Uh, ship asked around. An AFC offensive assistant coach said, we've done a ton of work on him. He isn't the best run blocker on any line, but he is young. He stayed healthy, and he looks like his best ball is in front of him. They have a weird situation to tackle. I'm assuming they mean with the idea that you've got a potential replacement in-house. Yeah. Um, but we think he will be a free agent, and we will go after him. wonder if that AFC assistant offensive coach uh, works for New England. He's been, <laughs> no, seriously. Right? He's been sure, connected yeah. with New England a good bit. The way – here's another one from an AFC pro scout. Way, which just means you're doing pro player evaluations, mm-hmm. right? And that, that way, you know, we can trade for this guy. This guy becomes a free agent. You got a book on him. Right? You're not scouting the collegiate ranks. Uh, the way he played against Bosa and Mac should earn him any contract he wants, <laughs> said this ASC pro scout. Our feeling is he'll be a free agent. You can't tag a right tackle. He'll probably be one of the highest paid offensive linemen in this year's group because it isn't a very deep or top-heavy group, and he's a young guy with upside. I'd keep him. If I was them, but his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, would probably fight to let him be a free agent. I mean, so what are you doing here? I keep him. Yeah, well, you can't tag a right tackle, mm-hmm. but I keep him if I was them. You can't control that. All right, all right, we would like to keep you. Here's what we're willing to pay you. This guy's going to pay us more. We can't afford that. Yeah. Or, or we can't afford that considering we have this option or that option. I mean, we all, I think at this point, would like Jawan Taylor back reasonably. San Francisco, I think, was it John Lynch himself who was talking about this? McGlinchey, yeah. Was, I was talking about McGlinchey, right? Yeah. Said Mike McGlinchey, who is, some would say, kind of on a par with Juwan Taylor. You'll mm-hmm. see him ranked ahead of him on some free agent list, behind him on others. Played right tackle for uh, the San Francisco 49ers, just wrapping up his rookie deal. And he said, look, we're probably going to lose him. If if he misses the market, like if the market misses him, in other words, maybe Juwan Taylor and Caleb and Gary and the teams that need him find other answers a little more economical, whatever, and McGlinchey misses out on the big money. Yeah, we'd like to have him back, but mm-hmm. he's like, I just don't think that's likely to happen. The Jacks aren't talking that way, Tony. No. About Juwan Taylor. Still expressing some confidence, or at least a path to getting it done. 
with Taylor. And and Hayes' point, I mean, about this being the window, and I get why, although I, I don't know if I 100% agree with it because if the salary cap rises next year as much as they speculate, that can absorb all of Trevor Lawrence's new contract, and you actually have plenty of cap space to work with. But you've got players under contract now that you know what you can, at least hopefully know what you can expect out of them. If that's the case, and this is an all-in kind of year, and why not us? So what now what? We're going to win the Super Bowl in 23. Could they make a one-year decision on Jawan Taylor and just say, you know what, we'll let him walk next year? And, you know, either we maybe we draft a lineman in the third round, see if we can develop him into a long-term starter. Maybe Walker Little's your left tackle next year, and the, the rookie this year um, promotes himself to the starting lineup in his second year. Maybe. I, I mean, crazier things have happened. I don't, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying happens. this is what I expect, but I, I think you have to at least consider it, right? Well, and I keep landing on how off I was on the evaluation of Cam Robinson in the team's eyes compared to mine. Yeah. And I I just keep reserving that they feel differently about Jawan Taylor than I do. Because I look at him and I just see he's an okay right tackle. Right, like, That's what I see. I'm not even convinced he's a top 10 right tackle uh, in the NFL at this point. But I the way the team talks about him, that's not their evaluation of the guy. I think – now, I, I don't know if I've seen this broken out this way, right? But I, I get the sense when you hear, for instance, the way he played against Bosa and Max Scherzer under any contract he wants, right? For, and maybe there's a pro scout in the ASC who's like, I want him to be priced out of the Jaguars market. You don't mm-hmm. know, you don't right? Know. Yeah. Another one. Uh, isn't the best run blocker, but he, he's got the best ball ahead of him. Um, we will go after him. I wonder if you just broke it down, right tackles by pass protection. I'm not talking about a PFF grade. I'm talking about an NFL professional evaluation, grade, yeah. right? Rank the right tackles by how well they protect the quarterback. Where would Jawan Taylor fall on that list? Is it conceivable he might be like top 25%? You Maybe. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. based because everyone raved about that aspect of his game this year, right? And, okay – traditionally, you're looking for your road-grading run blocker at right tackle. It's not today's NFL. Guess if you're Mike McCarthy, he wants it to be. <laughs> that nasty Kellen Moore, we got him out of here. All he wants to do is score points, Tony. Mm-hmm. I don't. I want to run the ball, Mike McCarthy. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, look, I think we're probably both in the same place. We think Evan Ingram will be back. Better chance than not that Arden Key is back, but not 100% confident. Not super likely that Jawan Taylor is back, but I can't. I just can't write it off. I, I just cannot write it off with the way they're talking about. It. They're not preparing you to go. Eh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I mean, they're expressing confidence and expressing that there's desire on both sides to get it done. It's yeah. just a matter of finding that magic spot in the middle that makes Jawan Taylor and maybe Drew Rosenhaus say, okay. <laughs> You know, we'll we'll go with that. So anyway, just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't it so much better to talk about this than man? That over under came out at six and a half. Whew, that's right about that's right about on it, huh? Yeah. Oh, are we gonna win six or seven this year, Tone? Oh my goodness, can we play a meaningful game in the second half of the year? Well, no. We I, we hope we're evolving past that point. All right. In terms of what the players think about the state of the franchise in some different categories. It's an interesting look that the NFLPA did 
on uh, a report card given out to every team on things including treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, locker room, and travel. These are the players themselves grading the teams they play for. And the Jags, quite frankly, didn't fare well in many of these categories. Plenty of reason to think that that could be changing in the near future, but we'll discuss that when we return in a moment. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, NET, you're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. I mean, let's just call this what it is. This is their best chance to win a Super Bowl uh, over the next probably 10 years. And the reason I say that is Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to get better. This will not be the best year Trevor Lawrence has, but it is the last year that he's probably going to be economical. And the amount of solid to good talent that this team has, they're never going to have this again. This team is stacked. Jaguars today on 1010XL. I should have asked for latest update on Hayes Carline, Travis Etienne statistical projection. <laughs> I'm thinking 2,700 on the ground. Uh-huh. I don't even know if he's going to catch any passes, though, because he'll be too tired for running for 2,700 yards. Setting a record that'll never be touched. I may be low on the projection right there. By the way, I, I don't need Matthew Berry. I've been drafting plenty. Uh, Travis Etienne's <laughs> going between pick <laughs> – Roughly pick 18 and 30. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the late second, early third round. Uh, quarterbacks are going earlier this year. At least the elite ones are. And it's not uncommon in a 12-team league right now that have to spend a fourth-round pick on Trevor Lawrence. And that's in a non-Jacksonville-based league. You want Trevor. Yeah, You're going to have to decide how much you want Trevor Lawrence in your fantasy league this year. It's going to come down to that. Uh, Calvin Ridley's still going ahead of Christian Kirk in most of the drafts I've seen. By about a round or so, and that's like a fifth to sixth round kind of thing. I think Christian Kirk's a fine value I do too. Uh, at that yeah. spot. And Evan Ingram, uh, back half of the top ten among tight ends. Something okay. right around there. Yeah, You know, a little bit of uncertainty, uh, although I, I, you can't find anybody to think Evan Ingram's back here in Jacksonville, including me and Tony and E and Evan, probably. I'm guessing. I'm not speaking for him. Uh, all right. Let's get to this report card. NFLPA asked – Players around the league, and 1,300 of them responded. So not everybody in the league here, right? That'd be uh, not quite the full roster of 26 teams. That'd be like six complete teams didn't even vote, right? So you figure maybe 80% participation. That's pretty good. That's a lot of people voting on this. And they asked the players to rank their team facilities and coaches in these categories. Treatment of families, food service slash nutrition, Weight room, strength coaches, training room, training staff, locker room, team travel. Okay, mm-hmm. start with the good. Uh, they like the guys that are getting them ready. The strength coaches got an A minus. The training staff got an A. Okay, yeah. now you can give A pluses in yeah. this, but and it should be noted that all of these results are from last off season. Correct. It's right. not anything that had to do with this year. Correct. Yeah. Which is a big thing because. This is coming out of the Urban Miller era, mm-hmm. you know, and everything that went along with it. But still, coaches, no issue with them. Yep. Okay. Uh, team travel was a B, tied for fifteenth. I mean, I don't. What do you want? You know, I, I don't. I don't know what 
you're expecting here. We're not yeah. uh, the Dallas Mavericks where we only have 15 sure. guys and Mark Cuban has got us a Learjet. Well, I think of leading through or reading through some of the other teams' report cards uh-huh. in that kind of area, it was space on the flight, right, would be the thing that hits you. And when you're on the road, are players having to share a hotel room? Right? Ah. And there's still NFL teams that players are having to share hotel rooms, at least some of the players at the bottom end of the roster are. Well, they got to be on that. Um, let's see, 89% of the players feel like they have enough room to spread out, no roommates, a lot of first-class seats. Yeah. So there you go. That's the the Jags. Let's get to the bad stuff here. Um, support a player's families, an F, which tied for last, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, overall, they're one of 14 teams that don't offer a family room. There's no – uh, players' wives had to breastfeed babies on the floor of the stadium's public restrooms. They said, you know, like, they look, do you yeah. need to go above and beyond for your players and their families? Probably so, yeah. right, if you want to be considered a first-class organization. I think all this is ch- in the process of changing. I do, too. One of 11 teams that do not offer daycare at the stadium. Uh, that'd be something that would be significant, yeah. right, I would think, uh, for those folks, uh, making sure that they're – There's only 11 of them at this point. You don't want to be on that list of 11. Right, right. right. Two-thirds of the league's already doing these yeah. things. Um, so, and the post-game gathering area overall ranked 27th. So, an F for treatment of families. Uh, I think that'll change. Food service nutrition. Got a D. Quality of food ranked 27th. All three meals are provided. See, Arizona charges their players? Yeah, I did. That's like, wild. what? Yeah. They charge your guys, so they grab a box lunch. Like, don't you want them? Eating right. your food? That's like, wild. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, if you come in in the offseason to work out at the team facility because you're trying to do it the right way and you want to grab a lunch on the way, a box lunch out on the way out the door, they're going to take it out of your paycheck. That's crazy. They're going to deduct it from your paycheck. When I used to go visit Cliff in Seattle, like during the offseasons, like they have like a, a whole cafeteria and kitchen up there. It's like, yeah, just, uh, we got, I got something to do. Just go upstairs away from me, get whatever you want. And it's all free. Like, all the food, whatever. Right, and, and, and people say, look, I go to work. I don't get free lunch. Well, your job's not based on you being as yeah. physically fit right. as, as possible or at least physically capable of handing, handling the demands of playing in the NFL. Yeah. When we were working down there at the stadium doing the show, we could have gone in there every day and had breakfast and lunch, right, in the yes. players' cafeteria. Like, we had that availability, right? Like, that's crazy that they're charging players for the food. Yes, uh, I, I absolutely ludicrous, but that's only the one. It's one team in the NFL. I mean, this is like you should want them. Here's we know what is going into this food. Yeah, we know the nutritional requirements and allotments and all that stuff. This is the food we want you eating, and it'll cost you seventeen dollars or well, I don't know. Um, weight room D plus. Many players complain there's not nearly enough room. New. Training facility, all this is going to be taken. That's that, going to yeah. be taken care of. Strength coaches, we told you an A minus. Um, training room, D minus. 80% feel they have enough ATCs. What's an ATC? I don't know. Athletic training something? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. But it was that was a low number. Um, 77% feel they have enough PTs, physical therapists. I'm taking it in the training yeah. room. Uh, steam room, sauna. You know, when in this, 20% of players feel they have enough hot tub space, ranked dead last in the league. 42% of players feel they have enough cold tub space, ranked 30th in the league. Again, this is this is one good thing from, I'll, I'll say his name this time, the Urban Meyer era. 
is this whole new training facility. It really is. I mean, this is going to be good for the Jags. Locker room, <sighs> D minus. You look at the Jags locker room, Jags locker room is sharp. I think. Pretty nice. I mean, LSU, right, or one of these collegiate ones where you got a bed and right. a TV and a PS5 uh, you know, right there. Right. Uh, everything I like. I mean, it's a little over the top, some of these college ones used for recruiting, but oh, the deadly rat infestation in the locker room and laundry hampers that lasted for three to four weeks. Now that's mm. just crazy. That is just nuts. Eighty five percent of players feel like they have enough space. Only eighty five like yeah. I don't know. I've been in that locker room. Plenty of times. I've been in plenty of NFL locker rooms. That one seems completely does, adequate. But some of these college locker rooms now are this out is true. of control. That could be it, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're seeing that and you're like, oh, this is what we get in the NFL? Yeah. What? You <laughs> know? Downgrade when it goes to the NFL. That's because we ain't recruiting you, buddy. It's called draft pick. <laughs> all right. So, uh, anyway, uh, hopefully all this goes through the roof for the Jags in a positive way next year. Let's take uh, a tour around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers says that he will have a decision about his playing future soon after finishing up his darkness retreat, but no announcement yet. Detroit general manager Brad Holmes said at the NFL Combine this week that there is mutual interest between the team and pending free agent running back Jamal Williams and getting a deal done. Williams led the NFL last season with 17 rushing touchdowns. Baltimore Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta said on Wednesday that wide receiver Rashad Bateman is doing really well in his recovery from a broken foot that limited him to just six games last season. And Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen is a pending free agent and Chargers general manager Tom Telesco when asked about whether Allen has a place on the Chargers roster going forward, answered, quote, he's our, on, he's our Andre Reed. He's our Charlie Joyner. He's an incredible football player. We have a great quarterback, and we need weapons around him, end quote. So certainly sounds like they have some kind of plan in place to keep Allen there. Hands off, get your own. Oh, no, that was uh, Cincinnati with that T. Higgins. Cincinnati, yes, yeah. uh, same sentiment, however. Find I, I your sh- own. Should have mentioned when we had Hayes Carline on. Uh, Hayes' appearance with us brought to you by Superior Fence and Rail. Uh, and we appreciate those guys. Great sponsors of 1010XL. So uh, Hayes has been bringing you great coverage, and you'll have continuing coverage all day long uh, with the Franchise Show live out in Indianapolis and checking in as Hayes has been doing. I know he was on the, the drill this morning as well. And again, presented by Superior Fence and Rail.com. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we know the jingle. We sing the jingle around here yeah, a we, lot. We, this one, it's one of our favorites. It really is one of our favorites uh, around these parts. <laughs> uh, let's see. On the text line, the Zombie Lifetime Enclosures, uh, Hayes got me in on the all-in train. Let's tag Taylor, resign Ingram Key, and let's go Duval, says Craig. Uh, and also, is there a chance Cam Robinson isn't ready to start the season? That could play a role in whether or not they keep Juwan Taylor. I couldn't tell you what, you know, what they know a lot better than we do. Is there a chance? I'd say, yes, there is, Mm -hmm. right? There is a chance because we don't really know what the extent of that injury was. I have not heard a timeline for that injury. Um, Also, I haven't heard anything that definitively would cause me concern about his availability early in the season, but I don't think you can write it off, uh, Tone. But but they they know that a lot better than we do. They, They should have a good window of okay this is where we expect cam robinson to be ready they also know how they felt walker little played in competition for the right tackle position last year and that can factor in as well man 
I don't, don't you just want to a little bit fast forward to the 15th and just open this thing up? Is it the mm-hmm. 15th is the first day? Uh, the 13th is the tampering window. 15th is the opening. 15th is the day you can sign. So yeah. we'll start to hear on the 13th and the 14th about what's going to happen. And then the uh, Patriots will go out and sign six tight ends mm-hmm. the next uh, <laughs> the next day. Uh, that didn't work out. No, it hadn't so been great. Amazingly no, great, with Johnny right? Smith and Hunter Henry. It's... Right. I mean, Johnny Smith is just like an overpaid guy. Yeah. He's a decent player, but they don't. He's way overpaid for the amount they use him in that offense. And Hunter Henry had a decent first year. They are catching touchdowns, but um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the guy we have mm-hmm. right now in Evan Ingram. All right, the question of the day. Uh, presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate, and uh, it's from the desk of Tony Smith, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, it's out there and uh, retweeted. We asked you, what is your current satisfaction level with the job that Jaguars general manager Trent Balky is doing? And your choices are A, B, C, or the D, F category. A, meaning Balky masterclass. B, meaning he's doing a really solid job. C is adequate. Or D to F, you want him gone what would you have said, Tony, if we ran this 14 months ago? Uh, D to F would have been 85%? Uh, it would have been certainly the majority. B- vast majority, yeah, I think. easy majority, I think, at that point. And uh, the A's would have been getting probably the same level of consideration that the D's and F's have been getting. And they would have been ironic votes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, right? Like, I don't think anybody was putting an A on it. Um and probably not that many would have put a B. There would have been some C's, but we'll mm-hmm. go through, tell you where things stand on this poll now. Also, we'll look at the final numbers from yesterday as well, and uh, we'll give you our thoughts on exactly how well we think uh, Trent Balky's handled business in the last couple of years here in Jacksonville. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, hope you got your tickets for the Tom Coughlin J Fund charity wine tasting event tonight. And uh, if so, hopefully I'll see you there. Hopefully ET will see you there. Stop by, say hello, chat us up. But just be aware, my mouth's probably going to be full. I'm going to be eating some delicious food, man. I wonder if Coach going to have some Hennessy. Um, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> That's gonna be my guess I'm on at, that. I'm about to holler at Coach. And generally, just just wine uh, and a little champagne, right? But uh, they have the little pre-gathering gathering. I wonder if they're gonna have Hennessy at the pre-gathering. Uh, if you bring it, uh, they will. <laughs> hey, hey, Coach, so, come holler at me. Okay. So they might have Hennessy at the gathering, is what you're saying tonight, <laughs> uh, Et. Can't wait to see you there. This evening. All right. Uh, a couple of quick things here. One, see this list. Um, according to uh, Jordan Schultz, who is he kind of like an independent? Uh, who is yeah, I don't know what he's Schultz. Doing I don't know who he is, but I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, I think he <laughs> is one of these self-styled guys on Twitter. Like the Schultz Report. I don't know if that's affiliated with anybody other than himself, but whatever. So His Twitter says NFL insider for the score. Okay. What is the score? Is that a radio station? Uh, mobile sports experience. Whatever Not helping. Yep. Don't <laughs> I don't know what that is. So, all right. Well, whatever. Um, 
bottom line of it is, doesn't matter, as long as the list is accurate, and I have no reason to believe it's not, that Anthony Richardson has met with a number of teams already at the scouting combine. You get 45 one-on-one interviews, as many as 45. So you don't want to waste them, right? These teams go to every length to try to figure all these things out, and you would think they're going to maximize. Uh, you know, there are over 300 players there, so you can't just talk to everybody. you got to be mm-hmm. a little bit selective. And the list of teams that are met with Anthony Richardson includes some obvious ones. Tony, the Colts, right? The uh, the Falcons, um, the Lions, quite frequently. In fact, you know, hey, that might be a great scenario. Like with the Lions or the Seahawks, we got a guy that maybe can get us through another year or so, and that gives Anthony Richardson a pressure-free environment to develop behind the scenes. No doubt. Um, Panthers, another one. Uh, the Raiders. Certainly, right, based on where they draft and what their quarterback situation is. A couple of the interesting ones on here, the Patriots have met with him, and the Ravens have met with him, mm. and they're doing their due diligence. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? You don't know where this is going to go. They have not decided whether to use the exclusive or non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, assuming they don't get a deal done in the next five days, which there's no indication that they're heading there. No. So if that's the case, and you use the I, last night, what was I watching? Watching NFL Live, and Rob, I think it's Rob Nikovich is like, well, you know, if you put the tag on him, then maybe some team comes in and offers you three first round picks or something like that. Well, wait, okay, and if they're willing then to, to if they work out a deal with Lamar Jackson, and then they say we'll give you three first round picks. Well, here's the problem with that: if they use the exclusive tag, they can't talk to Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. okay? If they use the non-exclusive tag, they're not going to give you three first-round picks because all they have to do is give you two. Yep. And so could they, I suppose in a scenario, get the exclusive tag, try to work out a deal. It's not going to happen. Maybe we'll shop them around, and then, you know, the Ravens, I suppose, could give teams permission to step in and talk to them. But I think there's a greater than zero chance that they change quarterbacks this year. Yeah. I uh, still think it's, you know, in the minority, but uh, I don't think it's ruled out. Apparently, the Raiders have basically ruled out Aaron Rodgers, which makes slotting the quarterbacks maybe a little bit easier mentally. A lot of people think he'll just end up with the Jets now if he's not back in Green Bay. I Again, I heard him talking today on SportsCenter about how, well, the Packers have to decide if they want him back. Well, it's out of their hands. They gave him all the control. They gave him a full no-trade clause, so they can't just trade him away. Yeah. And his contract's guaranteed. So if he shows up, you may, you don't have to play me, but you got to pay me. So anyway, um, man, isn't it nice having Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback <laughs> of your franchise? Seriously, you don't have to worry about any of his nonsense. Yeah. Can we upgrade? Is he good enough? Do we have enough team of around him? Can we have this great defense? If we have a top three defense, can we go deep in the playoffs yeah. and carry our quarterback and yeah. hide his mistakes? And maybe my ah. favorite moment of the John Shipley article that we've been talking about through the morning when Mm. he was asking people around the league about Trevor Lawrence, right? And uh, one AFC scout told him Trevor was more raw coming out of Clemson than people thought. That system didn't prepare him for the NFL, and then he had to deal with Urban as a rookie. The way he played at the end of the season is how we graded him coming out of Clemson. He can make every throw. He is smart but aggressive at the same time. He rarely makes the same mistakes twice, and this is the part that will get you excited. I think he will have an MVP in the next five years. Uh, Did he say next one year? That would get me excited. But, no, obviously, that is – Great to hear, uh, and I think that's where, you know, you, start, you see all these lists now coming out. Trevor's a top six, seven quarterback 
in the National Football League in a lot mm-hmm. of people's minds already. And you, you look at how much has changed in 12 months, that as much as anything. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have, you could have said, I projected him to eventually be that, but he wasn't that after his rookie season. And uh, he's taking a major step forward. Let's hope he takes another one. Yesterday's poll question, which of these players do you think the Jags will have on the opening day roster? Arden Key getting 46.8% of the 440 votes. 27% said both Key and Taylor. 15.5% went with Taylor alone. And uh, 10.7% thought they'd uh, bring back neither. They'd uh, be unable to retain either one of those. But uh, bottom line, if you uh, 42.5% think Taylor will be on the team mm-hmm. is how you look at it, either with key or without key. Yep. So that's how that goes. Uh, let's take a look at today's poll through the eyes of a 10-10 take. 10 10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10 10 take. Brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. All right. Uh, the question of the day What is your current satisfaction level with the job Jaguars general manager Trent Balky is doing? Uh, I gave him a B, like many people did. Really solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not perfect. And, you know, it was a great turnaround, but. You're looking at the total picture. It's trending in a really good direction, but I'm not ready to give him an A overall. And I get it. Good free agent class, arguably a great free agent class, and a really good draft the year before that. And maybe this draft last year turns out to be something akin to that as the first rounders develop. But I'm not ready to give him an A tone, but uh, I, I can't imagine myself grading him any harsher than a B. Yeah, it's hard to understand even here two years removed from it basically how much they slow played free agency two years ago right because they had the opportunity to run free agency basically the same way they did last year you know and they chose not to they chose to kind of punt on the opportunity to do that for a year now they nailed it right with Trent Baalke as the GM last offseason uh bringing in what they did and got that immediate impact so Maybe it just wasn't worth investing what was available at that point. Maybe with New England being able, being willing to spend what they did on both those free agent tight ends, like those kind of things going on at the same time. Ultimately, they made the right decision. I'd, I'd probably land on B. I'm close to an A, though, right? Like, I'm really close to an A. I, this team feels like, I mean, if Hayes, he's as excited as we've ever heard him, and he's an excitable guy anyway. Right, but the idea of go all in right now, that's what this team is doing to go win a Super Bowl now. Right? Not right. we can do it sometime in the next three, four years do it right now, now. Right. And that they were where they were two and three years ago, and that now we're talking about are they a legit Super Bowl contender in the AFC? And I feel like my answer to that question is yes. So it's really close to an A for me, but I'll say B. Um B is the solid leader here with 57%, and the vote is means it's really solid, uh, the job he's doing. Uh, 29.2% went with an A. I mean, again, 14 months ago, yeah. prior to the hiring of Doug Peterson, I mean, I, some ironic A's maybe, but certainly not many legitimate ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12.9% said just adequate, 1.4%. Want him gone, D or F? I think that's out of 638 votes. I guess that's about three. Yeah, honestly, and that's fine. Look, they're always gonna. You don't have to agree with the opinion. It's only an opinion poll. It's not like his job security uh, matters uh, or, or relies on it. If it did, 
it would have been long gone. <laughs> he <laughs> would, never would have yeah. had the chance to ask that question today. So um, with that, let's be happy that things are trending in a good direction. Uh, and uh, let's trend on over to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Big Sirs in the house. What's going on? Jim? How are you? Doing great. Yeah? Yeah. Um, combine, a, a good week of memories for you? Yeah, yeah. Combine, first day of Combine's uh, uh, started with the 40. You know, we just got the 40 right out the way. I, I remember... Uh, getting down, having been told to push, push back, uh, hands behind the line, and I was off. And then when I got my time, I was I was not happy. I ran the five. I ran the five one two. Was not happy. I knew the big fella was. What do you think you were going to put up there? I thought I was going to run the four nine easily. Did you easily? Easily. easily. Oof. Did you train for it? No, I did. We didn't train we, back then. We didn't train for the combine. We we worked out, and then uh, our coach would tell us, "Hey, listen, we're going to do a combine drill every day after practice." We would run a 40, we would do the short shuttle, we would do the broad jump, we would do the vertical. I, no, I didn't really train. But it that. wasn't like it is now where you no, go to no, an no, academy no. and, and train just for get you a couple months. Yeah. They train you two months before the yeah. combine. Yeah, just like, you know, I was trying natural, to shave a tenth I was a natural athlete. Off. I didn't need a train. You are a natural athlete. athlete. But here's the thing, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Yes. I ran a 5-1-2 at the okay. combine, right? Now, at my pro day, I don't know if it was a little uh, – <laughs> Clocks. I ran a full nine two at the pro day. Yeah, thirty eight <laughs> yard dash at the pro day. I, we know how y'all do. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness, estimate how many times in your career did you run forty yards in a sprint? Never, never. I, I trotted forty yards when Fred had that big. Like run when Fred's gone, right? You, what's the 40. point? I'm not going to get ahead of him. I trotted forty. You trotted forty just to celebrate. The, the, you the, never ran ne- a forty ne- yard the equivalent of like a forty yard dash. Ever. And so. Only what a great evaluation. I tried it in celebration, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, how quick is he getting to the end zone? There okay. You go. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, who cares? All right. Sirs, what do you guys have coming up today? Combine, baby. Yeah. It's all about it, man. You know it. It's good. It's a, And it's a completely different feel now this offseason, right? Like, I did the enthusiasm, the optimism. Absolutely. This team's got to be contended with now. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking to add some pieces to make a push, you know, instead of just become respectable. Yeah. Much better position to be in. Have a great show, man. Appreciate it. All right, Big Sirs coming your way uh, along with the rest of the XL Primetime crew for the next three hours. Uh, Tony and Tom McManus yeah. tomorrow on the program. Got anything uh, super in store? Uh, No real plans in place yet. Combine, baby. Right, we'll talk about the combine and get ready for the – you know, the events of the weekend, that's when the quarterbacks and everyone's going to be working out. So mm-hmm. defensive linemen and linebackers, I think, are on the field today. Uh, so they're finally going to be off-field or on-field workouts to react to up there in Indianapolis, and we'll react to them. All right, maybe carve out five minutes to talk about that Knicks 81-point first ah. half last night because we ran out of time today to do it, but I'll listen for your analysis on Jalen Brunson's uh, deserving mm. uh, all-star status that he didn't get this year. That'll be tomorrow. Or not on Jaguars today. Uh, ET, I'll see you tonight. Yeah, yeah baby. Uh, the J-Fun Wine Tasting Gal. Hope to see a bunch of you out there. And then I'll return on Monday, much to your chagrin. But catch Tony, Tom McManus, and ET tomorrow here with Jaguars today. For the fellas, uh, I am Mike Dempsey. Thanks for listening. XL Primetime is next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Yo, Jacksonville.